Through the words of the Holy Gospel, may our sins be wiped away. This is one of the secret prayers that happens during Mass that the priest or the deacon says when kissing, when venerating the book of the Gospels after proclaiming it. Through the words of the Holy Gospel, may our sins be wiped away. In one sense, the words of the Holy Gospel can change our hearts to live for God and to not sin. In another sense, the words of the Holy Gospel are Jesus Christ crucified. Jesus Christ who wipes away our sins. The two different areas to unpack with that prayer. We'll get back to that in a bit. Imagine, though, going back to the first reading, all these people are assembled together by the gates of the temple in Jerusalem. And Ezra, the scribe, stands up in a high place, lifts up the book of the law, the Torah, above his head and shows it to everyone. Imagine being there with them. The people rise and receive its blessing. And they become so overwhelmed with such a sense of reverence and wonder and awe, and it moves them to repentance. And they fall down and lay prostrate before it, before this scroll which contains the words of God. At first, it may seem like an overreaction if we just take the story by itself. But it helps to have a little background to get a sense of why that was such a powerful moment. What had prepared them to receive it that way? Well, about 120 years before that moment, that book of the law, the Torah, had basically gotten lost. There was a king of Israel who led the people away from God. And they disregarded that book more or less got tucked away in some nook or cranny in the temple for 50 years. A whole generation had become ignorant of God's word. King Josiah had come on the scene, a great king who tried to renew God's holy, the, the people's holiness and their fidelity to God. He found the book and read it himself and read it to the people, and things got much better until another king came on the scene who again led them away from God and eventually they were exiled into Babylonia for 70 years. 70 years away from that book, not being able to hear it proclaimed. Eventually, God's people were brought back from their exile back to Jerusalem and Ezra was among them. And he was excited to return to Jerusalem to be able to worship at the temple, but he was struck by the lack of faith among the people, their lack of fidelity to God's law, and so he decided to gather everyone together and try to put the word of God back at the center of their lives. And he read it out loud to them in the way that we heard about. And these words, which they hadn't heard, proclaimed directly like that for 70 years, struck them 
to the heart and changed their ways once more back to the Lord. And they realized that it was they themselves to whom God was speaking. The very God who carried them all these years. The very God who freed them from slavery and brought them back from exile wanted them to know him once more. And their hearts were moved. We too can have our hearts changed and transformed more and more. The possibility is there each time we encounter God's word, whether it's in private reading scripture or here at Mass hearing it proclaimed. In Pope Francis's letter that he wrote when he declared this to be the Sunday of the Word of God, he said the following, These words contain a great teaching. The Bible cannot be just the heritage of some, much less a collection of books for the benefit of the privileged few. It belongs above all to those called to hear its message and to recognize themselves in its words. That last piece, to recognize ourselves in the words of Scripture, is what can be so transformative. That's what was so transformative for the people in Jerusalem before Ezra, and can be so transformative for us, that God speaks to each of us personally. For example, in Paul's letters, in our letter to the Corinthians, Sure, Paul is speaking and writing to the people of Corinth. That's his intended audience. But the Holy Spirit is inspiring that writing, and the Holy Spirit speaks to all generations, and so he speaks to us. We are invited into that great story of salvation. And salvation is the primary focus of the inspired writings. The scripture contains truths which are aimed toward our conversion and salvation. In that specific regard, they are without error. The church taught in one of the main documents of Vatican II, Dei Verbum, we must acknowledge that the books of scripture firmly faithfully and without error, teach that truth which God, for the sake of our salvation, wished to see confided to the sacred scriptures. God wants us to know him. Yet to know the words of scripture and to know about God is one thing, and to receive it is another. We can listen to the Word of God or read Scripture with various dispositions and attitudes. On the one hand, we can be indifferent to God's Word, not really thinking that it's going to do much for us. Or on the other hand, we can listen with fervor. We can listen with a hunger and thirst and great desire to be touched inwardly by the Holy Spirit. A knowledge that... God is still at work with us. We're not finished yet. And to help us prepare our hearts for that, and me included, 
to get our hearts with that disposition, we do various things to show reverence to the Word of God. We use silence before and after the readings are proclaimed to ready our hearts and then afterwards to let it wash over us, let those words sink in. If there's anything that's stuck out, we can bring it in a silent moment of prayer. We have lectors well prepared to proclaim God's word so we can understand the sense of what is trying to be said. In the church, Holy Mother Church selects particular passages each and every day for us to hear. And that's not a new thing, as just in our gospel, we heard it described how Jesus was given a particular passage from Isaiah to proclaim. And in God's providence that way, the Lord speaks to us personally and speaks into our times God's word, which is always new. One thing that we do with the book of the Gospels is we lift it high in procession coming in and on the way to the ambo as well. Just like Ezra lifted the book of the law before God's people in Jerusalem. And we place it upon the altar. You may have noticed that we're transitioning away from placing the book on the stand and instead of placing it flat. Well, part of the reason is practical. It's one less thing to move around. But the deeper reasons are that it shows the unity of both the altar and the book of the Gospels representing Jesus Christ crucified. Another reason is to have that sacred moment when the book is lifted up and seen by all. Much like the Eucharistic host is first flat and then lifted up by the priest for all to see. Just as the Eucharist is taken from the altar and distributed so that we can be nourished with the body of Christ, so also the gospel is taken from the altar so that it may be proclaimed and that we may be nourished with the words of Christ. All these things working together to prepare our hearts to receive that nourishment. Dear brothers and sisters, when we listen to the word of God, our hearts can be changed. And for me, that's a very hopeful thing, that each time this opportunity comes, it's an opportunity for God to work in our hearts, to work in my heart. So let us, as we continue on from this Sunday going forward, have a renewed zeal for listening and receiving God's words to transform us anew, to transform us more into his likeness.